they say, even the losers get lucky sometimes. Not your pal Dave Juska, of course, but I have heard it does happen. I think only in the movies, though, right? These petty grievances and so much more, because as we all know, the waiting is the hardest part. You take it on faith, you take it to the heart, and that's the name of that tune. Good evening, everybody, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Nightfly with Dave Juskow uh, here on a lovely October evening, and uh, boy, we got this uh, unbelievable setup because we've been having some uh, kind of a, a pickle of technical difficulties, but everything is good, and we're here, and I am here with my favorite guest, Memo Salazar. Hello. Hello, Glad Memo. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming today on such short notice. Are you making fun of my height? No, I was uh, not. Okay, Thanks. But, uh, yeah, we had uh, the technical problems. The computer I usually use has been updating for the last three hours. I mean, Windows is just a horrible pro. Even though I love Windows, I love the PC. I'm not a Mac guy. That just stinks, and there's no way to, like, stop it. So then I got an old computer that we used once before for that I got from Time Warner as a gift. <laughs> and then that started updating. And then, fortunately, you had this uh, beautiful Mac computer, which you have this, what's it called, virtual DJ? Yeah. There's all these... I, I can't concentrate. It's so nice. Is that, and this is what you use when we do um, yeah. the Godfather yeah. and stuff and everything? Exactly. I, I can't understand all these dials and everything. I know, do you it's think like, it's just for show? No, you can actually scratch and like play. In, you know, it's like a DJ. It's like a virtual turntable. So, Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Crazy. Yeah, pretty it fun. looks so cool. I, I can't take my eyes off it. I like it a lot. you got to concentrate. Focus. And there it is. Uh, plus, the volume button is weird. Like, you have to slide it and stuff, so I'm, like, not used to it. Oh, right, because it's like a mixer. It's like this thing. It's emulating this mixer. Yeah, but I don't have to slide. I mean, you should have it so you can... Right. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like that part of it. Otherwise, it's okay. Um, up top, playing the beginning of uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High version of Tom Petty's right. An American Girl. Uh, you can hear some of the uh, some of the dialogue in it. 
that's the way the movie well the movie doesn't open that way it actually opens i believe with the go-go's <clears throat> do 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 at the mall but then uh when it's daytime right uh, they open in the high school, throw in a thing of toilet paper, and then all of a sudden the, move, the music kicks in. Tom Petty's American Girl, Tom Petty, has died. And uh, it's funny. I think, uh, you know, it all, unfortunately, it's funny when a, a person like that dies and you want to mourn them and it's great, but it, 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 it sucks when they die the day of the biggest mass murder of American history. I know. Uh, that's just a major, major bummer. It's true. People didn't know what to be more sad about. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, as you know, because I invited you, right. I saw Tom Petty's final concert. I'd like to point out that I was invited 20 minutes before it started. Well, I can't remember who I invited. <laughs> and, and I was in I... Queens and you were in New Jersey. I'm sorry. Uh, but remember, I did a whole podcast on how I didn't appreciate a set list. Now I feel bad about it. <laughs> you know? You're a jerk. I guess. Although, uh, for some reason, the... Um, I have all my stuff. Uh, I guess we're not going to have a Traveling Wilburys reunion anytime well, soon. Well, yeah, I mean, they're just falling apart at the seams. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting? Gary Shandling is also dead. That's true. Now, do you remember there's a movie with uh, John Wayne and Agnes Moorhead, who played Esmeralda on Bewitched. Now, I don't know what the movie's called. I want to say maybe Rio Bravo. I don't know. Is he in that? John Wayne's definitely in Rio Bravo. It's a okay. hilarious movie. It's a comedy. It is? Yeah, it's so a Maybe Western. that's not the one. Well, maybe it is, because Agnes Moorhead was in I don't know whether she right. was funny before she was in Bewitched. I mean, it's she was hilarious Hawks, in Bewitched. Now, where was that movie filmed? Do you know? Uh, I mean, There's Mexico. a legend of one of those films that was filmed where they tried out the Manhattan Project, where they tested right. the atomic bomb, didn't tell anybody, they're filming there, and they're all full of radiation, <laughs> and that's why that entire cast died in their late 50s, early 60s. Oh. They were full of radiation. Well, what about the crew? They're probably all dead, too. I don't know. Huh. I mean, everybody was filming there because nobody told them that they just detonated I've... a nuclear bomb right. in this desert that they were filming one of these movies. Right. I don't know whether it's Rio Bravo. I don't know the name of the movie. And I have a theory. I remember when Tom Petty was on It's the Gary Shandling Show, the mm -hmm. first one, not just the Larry Sanders. Right. We know he was on Larry Sanders. Right. I think he was even on the final episode. They were very friendly. Right. How did they become friendly? I, I feel like they live next door to each other. Me. They live next door to each other where? In California. Right. What I'm saying is it's very awkward that these two guys who live next door to each other, assuming they still live next door to each other when they're dead, and they died ex pretty much the same age, around 66, 67. Uh, could it be a uh, Rio Bravo, uh, whatever that movie is, thing? Maybe there's some sort of crazy radiation. Maybe there's something poisonous in their neighborhood. What we need to find out is where they lived and who lives next door, and is anyone else sick? I'm break that's breaking news. Maybe I think Abe Vigoda was there, lived down the hall. No, he didn't. Um, so you're such saying, a big fat you're saying liar. Gary Shandling How do you gave search for stuff Tom on this Petty thing? radiation Looking poisoning? for my breaking news thing. Um, well, there's like a, a folder. You know, it's just like. Yeah, but I want to search. I want to type in something. Oh, in that program? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I have no idea. It's Jesus usually Christ you have like your set stinks. list all set. Yeah, I do have my set list. And then I, I come up with stuff that I can't remember. Uh, I can't help you, Dave, and I won't back down. Oh, my 
my God, you're so retarded. <laughs> Speaking of retarded, I was schooled by um, a 13-year-old yesterday for using the word retarded. Ugh, God, I hate that you can't use retarded anymore. He was like, actually, that's pretty offensive. So, and I said, I was trying to be ironic. Uh, you know, who's a 13-year-old? Yeah. They should shut up. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It's not that funny. I love the word retarded. I know, I love it too, but it was hard to explain it to him in a crowded bar, so. Memo, first of all, let me, uh, before we get to something very, uh, you know, very important and fun that I want to talk to you about, um, before I do, I just want to tell you about the show last week, which took place in Los Angeles. Right. um, Which was our first show in Los Angeles at the studios at, I said exhaust, it's exalt studios, and that's like, you know, it's black people's studio, so it's like X-X-A-L-T, you know, of course. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know whether I told you, but it was a super fun time. Yeah, you did yeah, the mention studios that were excellent. Now, I'm a stickler for sound, as you know. Mm-hmm. I want it to sound good. I want it to sound professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hence like why I'm like, come on, we got to get the computer working. I want to get the good sound. You know, it's funny, in this wonderful studio, when I play the clips, they're only going through the speakers. They're not going through the computer. So it drives me insane because they couldn't, I, I don't know. It, they can't wire your laptop. To I know. Their... Like, I don't, they weren't, I, I told, that was the one thing I told Vanessa. I'm like, make sure you have a wire from the laptop to the computer. Right. But I don't know what they did and I didn't want to bother <laughs> them. They were really nice guys, but yeah. Why? I, oh, I guess maybe the problem is if they put it into the computer, we can't hear it because we weren't wearing headphones. But why can't they put what's in the board into the speakers yeah i mean if the speakers are playing they're, they're not p- creating feedback right because you're hearing the music maybe they weren't playing our voices that's weird i don't know yeah I've, because the speaker was playing the music well the speaker was playing the music right so why isn't it also in the board i don't know i feel like this is a setup for another joke at the expense of black people but no 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 it's no, not no. i'm at because it makes me upset because it's not as high a quality podcast right. as it is in my own kitchen yeah that i get which you know makes me upset right um now next time i go i'll try and figure something out but it's as if um and this has nothing to do with black people so like, <laughs> but it's as if when i talk to anybody that works in a pseudo i'm, I'm puzzling them with the ultimate of all questions <laughs> right what i'm saying they're like well can you give me and i talked to this last, last week on my podcast um can you give me the clips you're going to play and i'm like i never know what i'm going to play right it's like a whim and usually like i say i type it in and i can find stuff right which i guess i can't do today so there's a problem with this program this virtual dj yeah I didn't know if you it doesn't do search, search for something sometimes you know yeah i want to search for stuff because i can't i don't know where it is i have it all in you know places but sometimes a really quick search you know right. a word search so um yeah, it's funny that they can't seem to do it all. That's that weird. I can't, and, and I don't know whether my friend William wasn't talking into his microphone. Or, that must have been the problem. I don't think he was talking into the microphone. Right. You know how that drives me crazy. I think he was just relaxed. That's the problem with sofas. You're, you're <laughs> too relaxed. You're not talking into the microphone. Right. So I never actually get to relax on a podcast unless I hold the mic up to myself and I'm in somebody else's podcast. Right. You know, I, I sit up straight and talk into the mic because right. it's like most important. But um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed with some of the sound in the clips because they sound lame, but right. they're playing through the speakers. Right. And th- that's why they put it up so loud uh, because they're playing through the speakers. So I guess I'll get that fixed. Meanwhile, I listened to last week's podcast for the first time uh, along with you guys, and I thought it was really good. I thought it was kind of fun. It's good. Yeah. Glad it worked out. Yeah. And William's like a really terrific guy. So that was made it fun, too. He's, he's a 
good co-host and a good friend and good on the podcast. Are you implying? He's not memo. Yeah, I was no. like, uh, should I leave? Because now, yesterday, at the last minute, as you're saying, what you what I did for Tom Petty, you did <laughs> for me, right? And at the last minute, Memo opened a brand new bar in Sunnyside, Queens. Is it in Sunnyside? It's in Woodside. It, oh, Woodside. That's yeah. what this. Because I met a girl last night who wants to go there, who lives in Sunnyside. She goes, well, actually. That's really more in Woodside. <laughs> and she talks just like that. And I met her and she works at um, the bar downstairs from my building. Not Tommy Bahamas. And she's totally into going. And to go to that slide barbecue we need to go to, oh, too. Oh, right, right. And she's really cute and really pretty. Uh, and I thought she was much older, but she's only 22. <laughs> and she just moved to Sunnyside from, like, Yonkers or something. Wow. I don't know. She, you know, coming over from Ireland. Right. That's um, where you go if you're Irish. Yeah, but she's really nice. I've seen her, uh, like, a bunch of times uh, at Tommy Bahamas having a drink after work or something right. like that. And she's cute as hell. And um, I told her about the bar, so. Bring her over. very excited. So now you, you do this bar with this. I mean, this story <laughs> is a classic story. He does a bar with, I'm going to just say a little person because you have opened a bar. Is he even considered a little person? Because he's actually too tall. I think he's too, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What All right, but he's a midget. Uh, but he's not really. He's a, you know, he's a little person. Now, here's the, why I, I don't want to, you know, I love doing midget humor and midget <laughs> comedy. But um, I like this kid a lot. And here's the funny thing. And by kid, he's like your age, by the way. Right, right. I know. <laughs> uh, but, well, I mean, he's tiny, so. Um, so here's the best story ever, uh, a classic Dave Juskow uh, story. <laughs> um, Memo calls me about three years ago, maybe three years ago, maybe more. Sounds about right. Maybe four. I can't remember. Well, how old is your kid She's now? She's seven, so she was probably like three or four. Yeah, maybe. yeah. So like three, four years ago, Memo calls me, I guess it was around April, because uh, that's when your daughter's birthday is, and said, listen, uh, you know, I'm having a party on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, for kids and adults. And my wife has asked me to contact you <laughs> um, because, uh, and I'm like, I don't know, where is this going? And he's like, uh, because uh, we want to tell you there's going to be a little person there <laughs> and we want to give you advance notice so you don't say anything stupid. And I'm like, Memo, <laughs> you did the right thing by calling first. You did the right thing. Thing. It's true. And that is the right thing because, yeah, I'm an idiot. And I would say, like, Whoa, look at this guy. Huh? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Woo. Look at this guy. Now, meanwhile, I get over there and there's all these girls, little girls who are four or five dressed as princesses chasing him around like he's like a <laughs> like out of a storybook. They're chasing the little person around. I mean, I thought that was 10 times worse, actually, than anything I do. Like, I mean, we give the guy a break. All these princesses are chasing him around like he's a like a like a toad or whatever. Like he's going to turn into a prince or something. I mean, it was really cute. It was. So I see him. I get to the place. I see him. And I'm like, that guy looks completely familiar. He looks like the one little person I worked with, you know, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. How would Memo be friends with the one little person that I know from the 90s working with at a comedy club <laughs> that I hired him to be in this show with me. And then it turned out it was. Yeah, you got <laughs> I, the proof. I told you, and you're like, you're an idiot. You're an <laughs> asshole. You think they all look alike or something. You know, whatever it is, you and your racist, Jewy ways. And I was like, no, no, I have a picture. And I dug through. I mean, old pictures, not just on your yeah, phone. Yeah, you know, yeah. Old pictures. I dug it up. I sent it to you, and you still weren't sure. No, no. When I saw the picture, I was like, "Holy shit, that's Chris." Chris. But, but um, 
I'm more amazed that you still like. How did you even know you had a that physical picture sitting somewhere in your apartment? Because that one I remembered because I had a picture of a midget. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's horrible to say, but I knew I had a picture of a little person with my friend Katie. And I just, I just remember that picture so well. I remember that time period so well. Right. I remember him being a lovely guy. So it turns out he was a bit... This is when I was tailgating for 10 years with the Jets games and went to every tailgate. Right. And it found, I found out he was a big Jets fan. I don't know if he still is. I, I think... I don't know. We've all given up. So uh, he was a big Jets fan. He's like, Dave, I'd love to go to the tailgates with you. Now, so there was talk of me and him becoming friends. <laughs> But I wasn't secure enough in myself to be friends with a little person. Right. As hilarious as I feel it would be <laughs> to introduce him and be, it would be kind of funny, I, I felt I wasn't mature enough right. to be friends with a little person. Because we were very close to becoming pals. Right. Where I could hang out just like I hang out with you. Right. But I, I'm so... <laughs> insecure about myself I'd be like why is he with that guy why is he with that like the pe- what are people going to think right what are people going to think that's right. how horrible a person I am I understand um meanwhile that's so funny you've become really close with him yeah yeah and you opened a bar together I know, it's as crazy. of yesterday <laughs> of the taping of this podcast yeah it's true yesterday was your opening for friends and family right and today is the first day the doors are open for the public Okay, can I? We can say the name of it because yeah. I want people to go. What is it? Yeah, it's Solid State. No, no. What's the name you're going to call the bar because <laughs> you want people to come in like something fashionable? Like. You can ask Chris. He's the one that named it. If you have what is a called bone like to Moma pick. or uh, no, something no, like no. Uh, it's, so all right, little people rule something. So I have to <laughs> Lucky Charms. Is that, what <laughs> it? No. that would be perfect. No, it's Solid State. It's um, it's a uh, pinball bar because he runs a pinball league in the city. He's been running a pinball league for years. But if he's been running a pinball league, how come I? We don't know about him beforehand. And why aren't I involved with that pinball league? I don't know. You're not cool enough. But of course, I'm king of con cool. <laughs> uh, right, right. No, but it's a pinball league for sh- like a real. And so he, um, there's seven pinball machines currently. They're awesome. It's so much fun. It is super fun. We got a Super Mario Brothers one. And, and like, you guys are the co owners. Or well, you invested yeah. in it. I, and he's um, the owner. I'm technically an owner because I invested a little bit. It's yeah. him and his partner Corey, who's a great bartender and and been managing bars for years. Oh. He actually um, managed the Way Station, which is a Doctor Who bar in Brooklyn. Oh yes, I know that one. Yeah, that was, I mean everybody's told me about that. Yeah, yeah. He was the main guy. He oh. finally quit to do this. To really? This. Yeah, yeah. So is it big? Yeah, it's big. It is. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You go in, you're like, I can't believe. Do you serve food? Space. Not yet. Not yet. There's a kitchen. We just haven't gotten it re- ready yet. So there will be food. And you went through the whole process, getting a liquor license? Yeah, the whole, the whole thing. thing. You, he, you've been through it? I mean, whole... he's been doing most of the work because, you know, I mean, I'm just sort of the side guy. But yeah. Does he ever bartend at all, Chris? He will be, yeah. Now, <laughs> is he going to need a stool? I don't. He I'm didn't not... need one yesterday. All right. I'm just saying. Because the thing about Chris is he's not... He ironically got screwed in acting because he wasn't small enough. Oh, He's maybe. a very large little person. Um, assuming, like I said, my friend Sharon Houston, who we used to go out with, uh, is 4'10". No, she's 4'11". She told me a long time ago that if she was one inch shorter, she would be considered a midget by <laughs> SAG standards. SAG, okay, yeah. yeah. So my guess is he's about 4'11". That sounds about right. And not 4'10", maybe. which maybe is what 
has ironically this poor dude but thank god things have worked out right it's like you want to get acting work as a little person right but then you get screwed because you're actually not a little person it's true you're not considered a little person kind of like that seinfeld episode where mickey was using lifts and everybody got (laughs) angry you know um but i'm fascinated by him and that he's been you, you know, can ask him all these questions in person. You know, he'll be happy to. I'm wondering if he's the one. He's the with one? the classic story that he got mad at me when I asked him if he was going to be free in October. You've been saying telling that this he story is, for years. But, uh, I don't know if he's the one. Yeah, we'll I don't know out. if he was the one or if it was this other guy, Michael, who's much shorter and poses with a uh, parking meter. Uh, that's his headshot Um, one of them told me when I asked if they were free in October for another show they just bit my head off as if I had just asked if their mother was available to date uh, saying like are you crazy that October Dave you're never going to find any little person working to work in October because we maybe it wasn't maybe it was November December they all work the Radio City Christmas Spectacular and you or the Nutcracker and you cannot find a little person in this city to work with between October the middle of October and New Year's you cannot find a little person that is not employed by either Radio City Musical or Lincoln Center right right and he was furious at me for not knowing that (laughs) furious I understand. Um, so, how did the bar go last night? It went great. It was. I was amazed how it was like packed. It was. Yeah, there's so many. I'm people. so sorry I wasn't there, but I wasn't going to be able to get there till ten. It's fine. Was it still crowded oh, at ten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still. And, you know, it's wing night Mondays. But, I know. But I know. I don't. I probably could have burned it, but then I was like, oh, I'm not going to get there till ten. It's no. raining. Yeah, no, it was fine. It was. I mean, we have a lot of board games too, and a lot of cool games. Oh so, like, my people God. were playing. This sounds like so. Are you gonna have a trivia night? Uh, yeah, that's. I'm gonna do it. I'm excited. You're gonna do it. Well, I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, it's my. That's like my thing. That's my contribution. Can to I all do the events. sound effects? Yeah, you could do. Can you I could help host you? it and stuff? Yeah, I know. could. Yeah, I thought you sure. were gonna do that. Well, I haven't. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I'm in charge of doing that kind of stuff. I would love to host. Yeah, that. it'd be fun. It'd be fun. What day of the week you thinking I, of doing it? I don't know. I mean, you know, a Tuesday or something. They changed my hours on Tuesdays now. So what does that mean? Work. Eh, they want me to work ten to six instead of one to nine now. Oh, so you would be, which free. I did today. That's why we're able to film on Tuesday. But right. um, I'm going to go back and forth and change it up. But now they want me to work Fridays at eight in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you can this, you can blow out your ass. Right. It's all because of this gay kid at work that want, he's like goes in all pissy. He's like, I don't want to work these hours anymore. And 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 then for some reason I get screwed. Oh, we'll just have Dave do it. I understand. You know. Um, Corey, our bartender, the the other partner's gay. So if you go, you will be able to insult Ooh. and offend two people. You know, both of them. God. And there's in, no black people working there yet. There's no black people. Oh, then they hit the perfect the trifecta. Yeah. yeah that, oh man. <laughs> well, are there any Jews or Mexicans? I mean, you're the I'm you're Mexican, Mexican, right? Right. Yeah. So there are no oh, Jews. Man, that's great. So the gay They're not allowed and the midget. This is terrific. Stand, what's it, solid gold? It's called <laughs> solid state. Like that's a horrible. State. Again, you Sorry, can bring this up with, uh, with Chris. Uh, now, um, I got to tell you something funny, and I, look, I lost the clip because now I don't know how to go into the Mac. I'm using a Mac for the first time, and I, oh, I can minimize it here. Uh, I got to play this for you guys. What, what happened to the... Oh, I have to get back to Safari. Um, Do you need help? I just have to... Um, this is embarrassing. How can I get back to where I was... Oh, this is how... Oh, God, I'm such an idiot. Yes. 
I should know better. I'm a computer guy. Uh, I got to tell you guys, I woke up this morning. I'm all, um, I'm all over the place today, but I do have an agenda. Um, this morning, I woke up and I turned on the TV. I always watch Lucifer on, Monday morning, on Tuesday mornings. Um, Lucifer is great, by the way. Okay. Um, and it, so I turned on the TV and it was whatever I was watching last night, maybe HBO or something. And I just hear this music. And I don't know what the music is from, but I know immediately... It's a movie from the 80s and a comedy movie, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? It's just a... <laughs> And then in the movie, they're going into my favorite place, 101 Park Avenue, where they film every movie. Now, I go with my friend Joe and Caitlin to lunch. Once a week, we go past 101. I'm like, oh, that's the good they know. They're like, I know, I know. Every business office in mm-hmm. Manhattan takes place at either two something Park Avenue, that one on 53rd with the big thing where everybody oh, gets fired yeah, and they yeah. walk out of there with a box right. or when they go into a building they go to 101 park avenue right by grand central why uh one it just has that i have no look. idea that's where george works for kruger uh-huh. uh that is where uh in gremlins 2 uh <laughs> that's where their headquarters are the gremlins start working out of there <laughs> like everybody works out of 101 park avenue or this other place on park avenue or, or 101 yeah park avenue it's all park avenue but it's so funny. This was from Brewster's Millions, right? The '80s movie with uh, Richard Pryor and uh, John Candy, right? Horrible movie. Richard Pryor looks horrible. It's um, it's a disgusting movie. But uh, the, I just loved that, and I wanted. I was like, should I um, tape this from my thing? And I'm like, no, I bet you I can find it online because <laughs> I just wanted the music because you know a lot of times we play uh, this one totally '80s, you know. Oh, right, I have to... I can't just click on it, right? Oh, no, I can't. Oh, I have to press... It's my favorite. Do you know what movie it's from? Did I say it already? Um, Push it to the limit. Yeah, I know that... I remember the song, but no, what movie? I don't have no idea. You have to guess. Push it to the limit. <laughs> Stan, uh, what was that one with uh, Jane Fonda? No, that's what makes this better. It's like... It's such a classic movie, and it's funny if, like... If this we was were th- written for a movie? I, I think so. Huh. I, I don't know if it's written for the movie or they just used it. Right. But the best part is, like, if we were talking about The Godfather... Right. This is how classic this movie is. And we played this song. Like, you remember this one from The Godfather, right? <laughs> right. This is that scene where Michael was going to kill the heads of the five families, and they just, like, set up... The setup was played with this. Right. You know what? I should make a YouTube video... Where we put this in as they're setting up to kill the five families. This would be classic. You don't know yet, huh? I'll give you another clue. I mean, this could be anything. Wait, how do I stop? Sorry, folks. I don't know how to stop it. Oh. No, don't come over. I, I, I got to figure it out myself. I think you're on the B side or something. Got it. There you go. Now, what about this? This, this will give you the... 
You know what already? Sounds like Twin Peaks. Oh, better. You still don't know? What kind of movie maker are you? I, I, I don't know the 80s like you do. I was Every, young. No, that, that is not the answer for this. <laughs> no, I don't know this one. Before I start doing the imitation, you better guess. <laughs> I feel... No, I... Listen. Come on. Scarface? Yeah. <laughs> this is how Scarface starts? Yeah, that's right, man. Hey, this, no, this is how it ends, man. This is when the word is yours, Tony. Listen. It's been a long time. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Memo. Yeah. Listen. Mira. Mira. <laughs> and then push it to the limits in the middle of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Is that the best? <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. This is like this. Now, this makes sense, right? For right. a movie. Right. But then, yeah. Sounds like Tangerine Dream. But then they go, uh, yeah, then they go back to. Yeah. <laughs> go further on. Oh, I wow. Is this when he loses like 30 pounds in one minute? Is a montage? Of... When does he lose 30 pounds? No, I don't know. It just oh. sounds like he's This like, is the montage like... of when he gets married. Things are going really well with the business. I see. Montana Realty. I see. Hey, I'm going to buy you a tiger. <laughs> Let me go and find a tiger. You know? Right. I got married to a fighter. Right. Eh? Okay. <laughs> Listen. I love this song. Clearly. Dude, dude. It sounds like Frank Stallone. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who sings it, but uh, I like it. I always picture uh, Manola singing it. Yeah. I like him to see it. He go to a club and he sing this song. <laughs> and I, I sound like I'm doing Ricky Ricardo, but um, you get the drift. I do. So, yeah, that's uh, that's your typical '80s uh, music. There, you know. I I like it. I like it a lot. Uh. Oh, let me tell you something that happened to me this weekend. I don't think I told you this. You're not going to believe this. I, I don't know whether I can... Yeah, I could probably tell you. Anyway, there's this girl that likes me, that wants to go out with me. Okay. And she lives in Los Angeles, and she says, Hey, I'm coming to New York every weekend in October because I have a high-profile client who needs me Hmm. to be his sober companion, and he's paying me a fortune to do so. Wow. Now, I'm not going to tell you who the person is, but you can look it up. It's easy to find. The pictures are all over the place, including my girl. <laughs> so it's a guy, it's a, some douchebag that Dave Juskow hates on his show, <laughs> who Dave Juskow has done an hour-long podcast of how much he hates this douchebag. <laughs> now, I'm not going to mention his name. You can do the research. You can figure out the clues. <laughs> He is a major tool, and the douchery continues, and now it affects Dave Juskow, <laughs> which makes me even more angry. I've hated this guy from day one, and I don't like him anymore now. So this girl says, I'm staying at this hotel, uh, why don't, you know, and I was like, I thought I was going to see her all this time, but then she's like, well, I think I can have lunch with you, and... Um, so we go to this very fancy place to have lunch because it was in the hotel right. where she's staying and right. he's staying. And I, I, I am just doing the line from Cabbage. Hey, I, I don't care for this crummy snobatorium. <laughs> uh, the only reason I'm here is I'm thinking about buying this place. Um, they're serving. There's such douches. They're serving 
the prefixed brunch for $64, <laughs> which I am no way I'm paying for that. And right. I, you know, I want to be pretend like I have a lot of money or whatever, but I'm like, no, you bought me, you're clearly paying for right, this. Right. I didn't say it, but I was praying. Right. She wasn't, I don't know who she thinks I am, right. but I know a lot of people think I have money because we keep spreading the rumor that I do. <laughs> but um, so it's one of those places where they bring out the appetizers first and it's like one piece of shrimp. Right. One piece you know, presented right. beautifully. I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> I like eating a whole shitload of buffalo wings. Right. This sucks. So the first thing I asked for is coffee and orange juice. And I knew because I said two things, they were going to mess it up because I don't know <laughs> what the deal is, not just with waiters, but certainly the people at these idiots at Starbucks. And if you order two things at once, right. their brains cannot handle it. <laughs> All I got was the coffee. I never received the orange juice because... At the time the first appetizer came, she got a text from this douche, and she's like, I got to go. And I'm like, what? What? We didn't even start anything. She's like, I got to go. I got to go. And you have to go, too. And I'm like, wait, I can't, <laughs> I can't even finish my cup of coffee? No, you have to go. And we go to the lobby. He's like, he's in the lobby already. He's already in the lobby, which is right outside the restaurant. And there's no way I can avoid this douchebag and his girlfriend and their sober companion. I'm, I'm stuck behind them. And she can't introduce me because that's part of the contract. So then we're waiting for the elevator together. And I'm like, this is so awkward. <laughs> this is so stupid. And the guy's like, are there any photographers downstairs? Are there photographers downstairs? Do you think there's any photographers downstairs? I'm like, what an asshole this guy is. And So wait, are you pretending you don't know her? Or he knew that you were I'm not pretending her? anything. I'm just pretending like I'm in the place. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what day it is. And then I go downstairs. And I see them downstairs. And they'll walk in. And then I see the picture in you know, the Daily Mail of UK of the three of these idiots walking together. <laughs> and this guy ruined my day. I didn't get to have lunch. I, I busted my ass to get over there in an hour on a city bike because there was, there was so much traffic and stupid construction. Right. And then I just walked home dejected. And she texted me. She's like, sorry about that. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I didn't think I could feel any worse than I did when I woke up this morning. Thank you so much. What a delightful day that was. Um, so she didn't think she that would ha she thought it she wasn't going to be. That's the thing. How could she not think that? She goes, well, I think he's pretty much tucked away in his hotel room. Right. I don't think we'll see him till dinner. You know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's, just, it's like uh, it's like again, like that Seinfeld episode where they're waiting for the verdict on the last episode, and uh -huh. that Johnny Cochran guy, uh, Jackie Child, is sleeping <laughs> with uh, Terry Hatcher, right. and he's like, we got all day. That jury's never going to decide for days. And then he's and then he get the phone call, and he's like, damn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's really annoying, and um, once again, you know, foiled by this one major tool that is to call his sober companion because he's taking a walk in the park during the day. Can't think about having a drink. So her job is to n tell him not to drink. I have no idea what her job is. I have no idea. I guess that's what it is. Huh. He walks around with her. She gets paid a lot of money, and it's, it's in the papers. It's in the papers. You can see it's like. You know, this guy and his sober companion walking through. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say his name. I mean, I could say his name. There's no reason I can't say his name. His name's in the paper. But you never... Meanwhile, now he's dicking over my chances with this girl who, you know, likes me a lot. Right. Wait, can I ask you... So you were actually hoping... Like you were, she said this was going to happen. Right, it wasn't me hoping. No, I know, but like, I had the impression you were kind of not hoping it wouldn't happen. Well, I. <laughs> Can't deny memo. I do get afraid of. I am afraid of sex. Uh, I get very nervous with uh, women that are very uh, demanding. Right. Um, you know, I love it. Right. 
and I get nervous about it at the same time. Sure. So obviously, you know, it, it was going to happen. Right. And we've done it before. Right. But not for years. Right. And I didn't think it was good enough the couple times we did it that she would ever <laughs> want to revisit. Right. Uh, I was surprised because uh, I remember we did it and it was really sexy when we did it. Um, you know, the first uh, couple times. It right. Was, it was a sexy situation. Right. Because uh, she's, you know, badass. Um, and I'm not. Well, you have three more chances. I am the woman in the relationship. Right. Well, that's good. It's good. Yeah, I got three more chances. Yeah. So. Well, now I'm just angry. You know, now I don't. I'm like, nah, I don't want to. I'm not falling for that again. Of course, I'll fall for it again. But I'm just right. saying, I, I'm going to pretend I'm not falling for it again. It'd be funny if she kept inviting you to the restaurant and she kept canceling it and you kept going. <laughs> it, well, you know, who, who am I kidding? I mean, how many girls have I done that with right. where I fall for it so many times? <laughs> right. Where I'm like, I can't help it. I, I I think this girl's really hot, and I really hope. I understand. We 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 all understand. Yeah. Well, you just hope it's not happening when you're 50. Right. Yeah. You, right. you know, we all understand in your 20s, <laughs> even your 30s. Maybe it's just sad <laughs> later after that, you know, and it just keeps happening. I guess. Yeah, it's frustrating, but uh, it's all right. Uh, it's all right. So that ruined my weekend. Right. Then I went to the tailgate yesterday, right. Sunday. And uh, that was always fun. That's always fun. Meanwhile, there was some douchebag there who maybe drive home. They had, we had four extra tickets, so I actually wanted to go to the game uh, with Laura, with Lee's wife, and you know, hang out a little bit and then drive home. And oh my God, driving home again. Now I couldn't egg this lady's house again because it was just, I just, you know, if I'm driving that kind of messed up. I, I don't want to... It's too risky. It's too risky. <laughs> I should have gone early in the morning. So I'm going to have to find a time to this lady's house. You know? Right, right. But um, I'll do it. I'll do it. But when I go home, um, there's all this traffic because, because, get ready, folks, another goddamn parade on Fifth Avenue. There was a parade on Fifth Avenue on Sunday before the parade on Monday. What? The back-to-back <laughs> parade. What was it celebrating? Hispanic Columbus Day. I don't, what does that mean? If you don't know, then how does anybody know? You're Hispanic, right? <laughs> I think so. What the fuck? Um, so I couldn't park my car, 56 <laughs> right, and then they stop. They, right. they won't let me go past 7th Avenue. And this happens a lot during right. the summer, usually. not Because there's right. a parade on 5th that's two avenues away. Right. They won't let me go through. And I'm like, listen, I parked my car at this garage, that, but they're always yelling. You know those... Horrible traffic police. They're right. like, you know, either they're those fat black ladies that are like, I told you to get back in your car. <laughs> or the or the fat black guys. And they're always just like, stay in your car, sir. Stay in your car. But I don't listen to them because I don't respect them because they're traffic police, right? Because I'm, yeah, I'm just getting angry. So I will get out of the car. Everybody will beep. And I will talk to them in a very good fashion. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, uh, this is my parking garage. I park on 101. You know, I tell them exact right. address. Right. And then... You know, and they—they're really angry because right. everybody's honking. Right. But I will leave the car so nobody can get through <laughs> and talk to them in a complete right. level tone fashion. It's very diplomatic. Like, no, you understand that there's no other way for me to get to the garage. And right. I, I, what I want to say is, I'm like, I am completely hammered right now. <laughs> I need to ditch this car. Right. Right. So that's the worst part. All I want to do is just get back real quick. Remember, I'm just driving three miles. Right. Three miles. I just got to get to the thing to here. Right. And, and, and I could be over it and then go on with my day. <laughs> right. And they stopped the process because of another fucking parade. I'm telling you, Memo, if, 
if in fact I do run for Manhattan Borough President, You're... I think I will win in a landslide to tell everybody I'm getting rid of these parades. Now, there's no way I'm going to be able to get rid of these parades. Right. But I really feel if there's other people like me who live in Manhattan alone, right, right. nobody wants the parades. Or the there are people fairs. from out of town. Will you close right? the street fairs too? No, I'll, let's start. With the parade. You know, let's start with one at a time. Right. You got four weeks. Oh, and I can't run this year. I think it's too late. It's too late. Yeah, you got to get. But that girl's helping me. I'll That's get my good. name on the ballot next time and All right. I'll work it out. And I will rid these parades. They're getting out of control. Now, Monday, I got lucky. My job is on 45th and 5th. Right. They started the parade this year and it must be new on 47th Street. Thank God. I couldn't take another goddamn parade. And, and let me tell you. This Sunday parade, it was a full parade. It was no bullshit. Right. I, they, I was trying to go 56. They're like, uh, the next cro-. I'm like, can you tell me the next place I can cross the goddamn street to get home? Right. They're like, 59th Street. Three blocks further. I got to go up. And that's when he crossed. Then you got to wait for the parade. So everybody's waiting to cross. Yep. A big line to cross. Like, you might not make the first wave of people <laughs> right. to cross. And then this makes you hate Spanish people. <laughs> this makes me hate Israeli people people when there's the Israeli Day Parade has happened to me before. Obviously, Puerto Ricans, I don't even bother leaving the house. I mean, it just makes you hate every ethnicity that there is. I hate Italian people on Columbus Day. I hate everybody that has a fucking parade. Right. Who's going to these parades? Have you ever met one individual in your life? You're you're in your 40s. Have you ever met an individual who says, oh, my God, we're so excited about the Columbus Day Parade. (laughs) My kid can't wait. For the Columbus Day Parade. I'm going to put my kid on the shoulders. The only parade (laughs) that is worthwhile sitting in line for is the Thanksgiving Day Parade because there are balloons and maybe the Halloween Parade. Yeah, the Halloween one. And that is the end of it. (laughs) Because if you're telling me you're sitting there and you're bringing your five-year-old to sit on your shoulder to see a couple of people in some (laughs) Hispanic outfits, they were very colorful, it's not enough. Uh, there a- must be a better way to celebrate <laughs> your stupid heritage than a fucking parade. I think you broke the microphone. I know. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. So frozen. I had to get it out of my system. I hadn't gotten it out yet. I've been very calm. For 40 years, you've been waiting. <laughs> well, no. it's like It happens every time it happens to me. Right. I try and relax because I'll, 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 I'll blow a gasket. You know, like, right. I mean... So it, it got out of hand today. Do the um, black police uh, traffic cops always let you through in the end? Yes. All right. Yes. I've always been able to get through so far. But, you know, that day's going to come where they're just right. like, I hate this guy. Right. Can't blame them. But I, I just do the best I can. I never am <laughs> cross with them. Right. I try and, and that's the mood I'm in when I get home. You know, I'm walking down the street. I know it's going to be. But there's the only thing you can do right. is just relax right. and try and go through. And meanwhile, I waited an hour to go from 10th Avenue to 7th Avenue on 56 because it was closed off. But I didn't mind because I was so happy I was on the block. I was going to park my car. Meanwhile, when I knew there was traffic, I'm like, I guarantee it's closed. I guarantee it's closed. I guarantee it's closed. (laughs) And then you get to 7th Avenue, you see everybody turning. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This sucks. They're going to smell it on my breath. They're going to know everything. You know, like, I mean, this is a disaster. Because that's the other thing. I can't get in their face and be like, hey. Plus, I have no indication that says I parked there. I got to come up with something that says I parked there. Um, like what? I don't know. Like a note from your doctor? Yeah, some like um, some Epstein's mother's uh, <laughs> note or something. I don't know. Right. I, I got to get something. Um, moving on. Uh, for, I saw Hello Dolly on Thursday with my mother, darling, and yeah. my sister, and we had a great time. I got to say, um, it was uh, pretty funny.
Hello. What the? When does it start? Okay, so this co- Okay, so if I press this, it just pauses, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm watching the show. The show stinks. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never seen Hello Dolly in my life. We're there to see Bette Midler only, right? And um, it, it it was really fun. It's a great show. I mean, in, in the fact, that, see, my sister thought the opposite. She liked the show. She didn't like Bette Midler. Yeah, I like Bette Midler. I didn't like the show. But this, the song, the only song that any of us know from Hello Dolly is Hello Dolly. I, I don't know any of the other songs, and I'm a musical theater guy, uh-huh. and I don't recognize any of the other songs. You've heard of Hello, Dolly. Uh, not only have I heard of it, I was Barnaby in Hello, Dolly. Oh, you were? Yeah, in high school. Barnaby was the young guy who was uh, dating the... Uh, yeah. Oh, right. that's, a fun, that's a fun role. That was a fun role. Oh, that was fun. me. So, right, and it's, it's this shitty show. It's not yeah, really it good. pretty stupid, but it was yeah. better than Smile, which we did the oh, year before. Oh, my God, you did Smile? Yeah, Isn't was that uh, Marvin Hamlish? It was horrible. I, I was you know that, that show got closed on Broadway a week after it opened. I know, I know. Isn't I don't that know. about a beauty pageant? Yeah, it, 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 I can't. You did that in high school. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the person that did it got in a lot of trouble because the parents were very offended that, you know, like the girl sings diaphragm in one of the songs, and all the parents were like, "And this was in the nineties or this the is, 80s? Uh, late eighties? Yeah, oh late 80s, yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? Um, I've talked. I think I've talked about this in the show. We, you know, we did Bye Bye Birdie my sophomore year. It's funny. I played the kid randolph mcafee right and then my nephew played the kid randolph mcafee in his version of bye bye birdie uh <laughs> right you know, last year right uh anyway our drama teacher who you never got to meet because i was friendly with him for a very long time after school and everything and then he did something what, weird so what does that mean you were friendly with him after school i mean uh like we were friends like uh you know the high school teacher like you know right. once i graduated college and everything i mean we were friendly oh i thought you outside you would, like, of come school. over after school no it the- was I don't know. We, we liked each other. You know, he was a nice guy, but he was a weird guy. And right. then he did something so weird, uh, I had to stop to, <laughs> to a girl right. uh, that was awkward. He was always an awkward guy, but um, anyway, but he, he was cool because he really did interesting stuff. Like, for instance, doing something like Smile. Right. You know, he did, you know, I, I played Henry David Thoreau in the night Thoreau spent in jail. <laughs> uh, we did the Fantastics. Well, we did Runaways, uh-huh. which was, you know, controversial back then. Uh-huh. Uh, he wasn't just doing Bye Bye Birdie right. and, and, and you know, Grease and stuff like that. He did all that to appease, but he, he did four plays a year. Wow. Which was very impressive in high school. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, so well, my freshman year, he did... Um, How do you do four plays a year? How do you even have time to He does two drama, and- a comedy, a drama, and a small musical and a big musical. Yeah, but still. It's very impressive. I don't know how he did it. Wow. So he did, I remember he opened with Played Against Sam, and they hired this super gay kid to be Woody Allen, where this other kid <laughs> thought for sure, senior, everybody was like, you're going to get the part, this guy, Rob Fessinger, <laughs> you're going to get the part, you're obviously Woody Allen, you're obviously Woody Allen. But you got it instead. No, 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 I didn't, I wasn't, I was a sophomore, oh. I didn't get anything. That's why it's weird that the sophomore kid that, that I was, went to camp with that was so gay got this part. That was my joke. Um, oh, hilarious. You know what? <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's, That's funny. all right. But Lee Maracas was in it. What? Yeah, he played the character of Dick. We make fun of him to this day, you know, but but he played the Tony Roberts role. Right, right. Uh, listen, if you need me, I'll be at Frozen Tundra 7, 5,000. Yeah, Lee Maracas in Played Against Sam. He was wow. hilarious. Wow. So then after that, they did Celebration. I don't know that one. Well, no, why would you? That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> okay. Celebration was the next play, I believe, the people who wrote The Fantastics wrote, and it stinks. And uh, it's horrible, but it was a small play, mm-hmm. and um, we did that one. Then they did The Diary of Anne Frank, <laughs> and then which he gave the role that he was supposed to give the Woody Allen part to to 
play Otto Frank uh, to that guy. Right. And he was in a serious drama, which was a big deal. Right. And then we did Bye Bye Birdie. Right. But um, what I was saying about uh, Smile is that that's such an strange musical for a high school for I know. a normal high school to do I know oh that's what I was going to say when Bye Bye Birdie he had a black guy play Conrad Birdie and I've always wanted Ooh. to do a movie although I think they've touched on it before that takes place in 1982 mm-hmm. where all the parents complained that there was a black guy playing Conrad <laughs> Birdie right. now meanwhile the choice was controversial yes but brilliant because there, there wasn't a question that this guy was the coolest guy in school right uh, but in 1982, in New Jersey, having a black guy play Conrad Birdie <laughs> was... We didn't even know the half of the flack he got. Like, we found out later on wow. about how much flack he got from that. But it went on, and I think like once... parents complained? That's yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. You know, th- th- I tell people this all the time. They, I know I'm racist, but they, they, I think it comes off much more racist than I am. Right. When I tell people, you know, always, like, even on the Comedy Seller podcast, I'm like... I, you're not understanding, I guess, where I'm from right. or whatever. The context, when I, yeah. I'm telling you, when when the, the terrifying fear of having a black roommate in college from <laughs> that you get from your family and your family, friends, families, right. just like, well, let's hope you don't. You know what I mean? I, I, they're <laughs> right. like, oh, my God, that's a horrible thing to say. And I'm like, I'm not saying it. I'm just saying the right. facts. Right, right. And it's like, I, you know, and yeah, I'm, yeah, they put the fear of God into you. Right, That, right. oh, my God, the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, everybody I know that had that happen, I think it was a, a lovely experience. I don't know. I'm sure there's a couple of clunkers, but I'm just right. saying it's like, you know, you get over it and you go to school and you try, but they put that on our heads. So, you know, we had we had a, a black portion of the neighborhood called Potters right. where all the black people were. And there was like a couple of them at the school. And right. they, they, they were, you know, some of them were theater people and stuff. They were, you know, nothing but nice. Right. But um, yeah, so he casted this black guy in the play and it was brilliant it was you know he was really funny and his name was lincoln harris but he said his middle name was love which was brilliant again lincoln love harris um where is he now i have no idea huh. but he was thin and good looking and he looked good in the gold suit yeah i remember you know when they did bye bye birdie at our high school the guy that was in that gold suit um he had a, a little wardrobe malfunction during the hello yeah it was uh it was a big did you deal. have black people at your school? You're from Massachusetts. No, you had to, nobody, no, it was nobody, all white people. Right. I was yeah, the exactly. only minority, and I was oh, Mac- how funny. I was the one right. Mexican. Yeah, wow, that's funny. But were you liked in school? Yeah, was there any problems cool. for no, being Mexican? No, I, they made fun of me more for being short than being Mexican. But really? it, but it, I mean, no, not in like a cruel way. Like it was just they teased me. Yeah, yeah, that. no, I got you. Because um, it's funny, I was short when I entered school, but then I grew like a foot when they cast me as a ten year old. Right, grew <laughs> like, like a foot. Um, it's interesting, you know, I, I, I think I've talked about this before. I, I'm always fascinated. Um, you know, again, I'm just talking facts. I, mean, I don't care what anybody thinks, if I'm racist or not, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking the facts. That time, uh, we've talked about this before, when I've gone down to Atlanta. Right. That time I went down there and I went to that restaurant and there was all these black people in there. And I'm just like, what, what is their function? What's happening? <laughs> and, and the girls who live there, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like... Well, why are there so many black people here? And like, what are you talking about? Um, and then you realize New York is definitely not as diverse as everyone thinks it is. Right. Because in all the restaurants, in all the bars, there is one or two black people and maybe a couple of Spanish people. Right. And we think we're all great. And in Atlanta, it is half and half, and it is fascinating. And that goes as far as Washington, D.C. When I was there, it's very, you know, the further south you go, 
the more half and half it is. And it's amazing because those towns are really prejudiced, right. and yet they completely share, you know, everything. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very interesting right. because we think of that as the most prejudiced of all places, and yet it is half and half. It is 50-50 everywhere you go. Right. Fascinating if you haven't seen it before. Right. But then I remember going to Boston and being in a bar there, <laughs> and I remember going like, what is it about this place that's off? And I can't put my finger on it. I realized there's not one black person and there was no Spanish people whatsoever. It was like all white people. And it's noticeable. Like it's so noticeable because you're used to at least, you know, different kind of folks in New York, you know, all different kinds, but one of each, you know, it's not half and half. It's all mixed. But in Boston, no, it's white. It's white. So that's why I was saying in your school, there's no way. Yeah. Because they're still like that. No, it's actually changed a lot. Like, it's actually funny when I go, like, it's actually, there's a lot more, even in Worcester, there's like, like, I'll see a lot more Hispanic people and black people and whatever, like just walking the street or whatever. Because that had to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I think people are a lot more tolerant now, you know, certainly. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly white. But I remember when Hannah came to visit and she went to the bus station. You know, Here? Yeah, you know, she came to visit, and then she was going back up to Boston. Oh, I, I took her to the bus station. Right, and she was like, I don't know which I mean, bus. I figured it was loose I could do. <laughs> hey, how you doing, right? Okay. It's very nice of you. Um, but you told me the story. She was like, she didn't know which bus was her bus, and you're like, oh, just look for the one with all the white people in it. And she was like, what, did, you know. Oh, she, she thought I was being racist. Right, yeah. and then you were right. She was like, oh, you were absolutely right. That, yeah. was, that was the bus. I know. I know. It, it just, it comes <laughs> off as racist. It is racist. And I'm trying to get out of it, you know, but it's like I just try and explain, you know, right. I'm doing the best I can. Right. This is the way I was brought up, and I wasn't even brought up that bad. Right. When I tell, you know, when my father, who I really don't think was prejudiced at all, uh, you know, when he's, I'm like, you know, the ultimate question every kid asks, why aren't there any black quarterbacks? He goes, oh, because it's, uh, you have to be really smart to be the quarterback. <laughs> Um, you know, he's saying it matter of factly. He is not okay. saying it to be racist in any way, shape, or form. Right. It was just that's the way it was. Right. You know, like, no, no, you got to be real smart. You got to know the game. Right. It's fascinating. And he he never said anything prejudiced. You know, right. like he was never, you know, he never. No, it's just I an mean, accepted. maybe he used the word schwarze all the time, but uh, not, not all, <laughs> but not, but mostly in jest, like he would tell a joke or something. Right, right. But it is fascinating, and you know, certainly Artie and I talk about that all the time because you know that's Jersey is like. I mean, you know, we've all seen The Sopranos. That's what it was like. You right. know, just like when when his daughter's dating that guy that's like Derek Jeter, like mulatto. He's like, well, you know, don't come around here anymore, you know, because <laughs> you know. He's like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, you know, because you know, do you ever you ever see that episode? Yeah, I didn't <laughs> see that one, but uh, that, I totally yeah, you know get what I'm it. saying. I'll try and get a clip of it next time. Like, you know, because. Uh, Right. Yeah, you know, look at you. You know, you know <laughs> right. what I'm saying, right? It's, it's funny that the guy would be like, no, I don't understand. I'm like, you, you don't understand what I'm saying? Right? The people are much more braver than they used to be. That's for sure. That's true. Uh, speaking of which, um, how about this Far- Harvey Firestein fellow? Huh? Uh, Harvey, uh, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> what do you think about that? I mean, I only know the headlines. I mean, it's... I only know the headlines, too. But the fact is, it's funny. I, I it's I'll say this I I'm totally not even shocking or surprising in any way. No, why would it be? Because I, I like, you know we don't even know the half of shit that went down right. in the '40s. You know, like right. during those stuff, like you know. Uh, but this is like one of the most Warner, powerful men in Hollywood. He's right, he's, just like the the people that Judy Garland used to deal with. Or right. something. Like it's like oh him, well, the, oh, Sam Warnermaker or whatever. Like right. yeah, and I mean you even just hear him talk for ten minutes. I mean it's, he's you know. 
Now he didn't, you know, he didn't have sex with. I mean, or whatever he just said. I mean, but this is what you're supposed to do when you become big in Hollywood, isn't it? Like, it feels like it's it's not fair. <laughs> They're taking everything away now. But it's but you know, I mean, girls always know what they get into when they become actresses in Hollywood. You know, you got to give it up sometimes. <laughs> so then it's so funny because uh, Meryl Streep and Judi Dench are like, he never did that with me, right. really. But then it's where Rose McGowan and Ashley Judd were so hot, at least back then, you know, like, um, they're like, uh, well, he did it with us. Like, eh, that's right. odd. He didn't, Judy Dench is like, he didn't touch me. I don't know. I never even saw that for a minute. Like, really? Like, why would you even say that? You don't know why you weren't, like, propositioned, you know? But, yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, I, f- I feel a little bad. I guess it's really bad. You know, I don't know. I don't think I've ever told this story, but it happened to me. I've told you the story. Harvey... Touched you? No, no. It oh. happened to me with a guy from NBC. Oh. I've told you that story. The I, gay guy yeah. from NBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell the whole story another time because um, I want to get through a couple other things. But I will tell you, you know, it happened to me. I, I This guy, he, he liked me. Um, I met him at a, a Mets game through another friend, and he worked for NBC. And, uh, you know, I could as well have been a 28-year-old girl right. when he says, hey, do you want to come to see Saturday Night Live with me? And I'm like, what? Are you kidding? Right. Like, why would I? I didn't know he was gay. Right. So like, why would I not? I'm like, oh my god, really? And I obviously I want to be in television. You know, I, I mean, I get the whole thing. Right. And then you know we go, and then you know I end up back in his hotel room. You know, this when to tell him the short version, it really sounds like I'm just gay. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, I had to go through his arm. His arm was blocking me. I couldn't. I'll tell you the whole story another time. <laughs> I mean, I should probably tell it now, but I don't feel like telling you it right now. You had to duck under his arm. I That's had to duck classic, under his arm, yeah. just like a girl would have to right. if you're. Proposition. He was like, "No, you should stay." And I'm like, "Ah, you know, I'm trying to be polite, right. trying to be really polite because I still want to work for NBC." Right. He right. definitely worked for NBC. I saw his name on the credits. I mean, it wasn't a joke or anything. Right. Right. Um, you know, it it happens. You know, and 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 I guess they're trying to put a stop to it, which they should, I guess. But you know, he's also done a lot of amazing things for people. I don't know. Maybe you got to look at. He didn't rape anybody. He just said, "I, you know, if you rub my back." I, I know <laughs> is this, that is, what he this said? is a dude saying this, I guess. But well, we don't know everything. But oh, yeah, he's see. like, if you give me a rub down or whatever, or oh. something. I don't know if he pulled out his penis or not. I, I don't right. know. It's weird. It's not like he pulled Bill Cosby shit. Right. And you know, th- when you're that powerful and you want to be in the movies, I don't know. Everybody gets screwed. But I, but, I mean, I get that it's weird. I mean, it's like okay, he's being singled out for something that has been happening for right, decades exactly right? but i mean that's but i mean okay it's time to put a stop yeah, to like so yeah no no you're right you're right i guess i'm just thinking i'm just thinking of my this could have happened to me so easily except right. i'd be so afraid to right i could never be like well if you do this i'll put you in so you're like i, I couldn't do it which right. i guess you know th- thank god right right but i was talking about the other day about you know when i used to have casting things here you know whatever and then i would actually sleep with the girls because <laughs> it was so easy to do they're they're very seductive. They're trying to get the part. So you get very confused right. of what's real and what's not. Right. And I tell you that story again when that girl, I was doing the the, the, the thing with Chris, uh-huh. with the midget. He could probably tell you the story. Uh-huh. And we're working with this beautiful girl who I get to come over to my house and we practice. All she wants to do is practice a kissing scene. And I'm like, the kissing <laughs> scene is not integral. It's a small <laughs> part. Now we got to practice. Then she broke up with her boyfriend so she could go out with me. It, this is Jeez. a crazy, normal Crazy actress. Right, right. 
So you get very confused because you're like, wow, this is uh, this is unbelievable. Right. I, I don't know why I'm not casting more shows. <laughs> and this is the one that Chris was in. It's so funny. We could talk about this right. because while we're kissing, he runs by. He's getting chased by like a plumber or something because uh, <laughs> they think he was a statue in the toilet or something. I, I don't know. what. I can't remember the plot. Um, I just remember I played a tax uh, <laughs> internal revenue service guy and I loved my job and I loved foreclosing on people or whatever. So, uh, yeah, Chris, that's so funny that Chris was in it. Is she the one in that picture? No, that's my friend Katie. She was a waitress. Right. Uh, but her name was, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say her name. But uh, <laughs> but uh, when Chris and I finally get together, I'll, I'll talk about that. Right. I'll be like, oh, I remember that girl. She was really pretty. Batshit crazy, but pretty. There's right. no way he's not going to say that. Right. Because uh, she was crazy. Anyway, um, I, uh, I found um, this great thing that I've been waiting to play for weeks uh, of James Bond. Um, from the man with the golden gun, I taped it off the TV, and I, I've been dying to play it for you guys. Um, this is great. It's like great, but not great. But then it becomes great again. This from the man with the golden gun. I'm just going to play you the first scene, and then I'll play you the second scene. Something they've never done in a James Bond movie before or since, and I can't believe I just picked up on it now. Sorry about that, darling. It was him. There's still no sign of hype at every inquiry gets a polite oriental brush off. With the compliments. Foo yuck. 74, sir. I approve. You do? Well, not the wine. Your frock. Your frock. So he said, so foo yuck. Is the wine they bring over for James Bond? He's like, "Foo yuck!" Yeah, seventy-four, sir. That's a fake wine. I mean, I've looked it up now, and it's just made for the movie, and it's a joke, um, which is great stuff. So, but it's really—it's that's a funny bit. Foo yuck! Right. And then he's like, and then she—he's he, like, I approve. She's like, you do? You know, even she knows. Like, and she's an idiot. You right. know, the Brett Brett Eklund, whatever her name was. Uh-huh. Um, what is her name? The British blonde beauty. I'm terrible. Want to play Good Night? Um, I know it's not Brett Summers. That's why I was saying, like, hello, Jane. <laughs> um, anyway, so foo yuck. That's the wine, right? Foo yuck. Okay, so uh, Brett Eaglin, whatever the hell her name is, she he's like, he's been saying the whole time, like, she wants to have sex with him really badly, but he has to keep sleeping with these other girls for the mission. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? You're a douchebag. And then he's like, well, I'm free tonight, baby. That's what he's doing now. Like, I approve of your frock. Uh-huh. And she's like, I'm sorry, but I don't want to just be a one-night pest. So she leaves. But it turns out she's just playing hard to get. Right. Of course. You know the guy's going to get laid whenever he wants. <laughs> but I love when James Bond strikes out, too. It's really funny. So <laughs> I like the scene. Right. So he's struck out. He knows he's not going to get laid, or he thinks he's not going to get laid that night. Um, and he loves getting laid. So th- this is an amazing... They've never done this before, and I wish they would because it's more real. He leaves the place. I guess she leaves, and maybe he finishes his dinner. Who knows? He goes back to his hotel, and, it- and he goes into his hotel room. He drops his keys down, takes his jacket off, and, and-, and this happens. <laughs> he he says it he's by himself right and he's just remembering it and he puts <laughs> right. his keys down and he goes foo yuck 
I love that. That's, that's Isn't funny. that hilarious? It, had you did it just come to your like? Did you just think about it, or were you watching the movie? I was watching the movie. I see. And because they had James Bond all September and stuff, so uh, or August, whatever, every day. Right. So I was watching everything with a fine tooth comb. Right. Um, you know, always looking for something for the podcast that people might enjoy or whatever. And I was just saw that. And I'm like, that's so funny. He's just by himself. <laughs> he's talking to himself. He doesn't know anybody's in the right. room, and he's just like, "Fooey yuck." <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. You know, we all do that. We come home right. and we think about. About something that happened that night and I'm like <laughs> like I'll come home so many times and be like what an asshole like to <laughs> some girl or something like that like right. I was going to use a C word but I was trying to be polite and um, you know I'll just do I'll remember something and then you never see anybody do that in the movies let alone a James Bond movie right. where he's just going home he's by himself he's about to turn in and he's like foo yuck right. I mean he's so angry because I have a list of all you know I mean, he, he's a, a connoisseur and I have a list it's so funny because I've been you know watching it um in Dr. No, he's about to uh, take one of the champagne bottles and break it over Dr. No's head. And he's like, um, he's like, put the bottle down. Like, he, you know, he does it. It's, he goes, uh, uh, that's a Don Perignon 55. It'd be a pretty to break it. I think that's what um, Dr. No says. Uh-huh. It would be a pity to break it, Mr. <laughs> Bond. And, he, and Bond answers, well, I prefer the 53, and which is always funny. Right. So he knows the stuff. In Goldfinger... He, uh, they're drinking a bottle of Bollinger. He goes between Don Perignon and and Bollinger. Um, when Bond, this is one of the best. When Bond gets another bottle from the refrigerator, he says, "My dear girl, this is this is a classic line." I don't. Do you know this one? No. My dear, I'm not, see, I can do the imitation. My dear girl, there are some things that this is horrible, right? There are some things <laughs> that Alfred just Hitchcock. aren't done, such as drinking Don Perignon fifty three above the temperature of thirty eight degrees Fahrenheit. It's as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. <laughs> that's the older Sean Connery, right, I think. Right, right. That's what he said in 1964. That's as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. <laughs> right, right. Well, that was that's like um, Alan Sherman. Um, remember he had that song, I Hate the Beatles? I mean, everybody made fun of the Beatles back. All the older people, right? They, oh, that's funny. No, I, didn't like, know, I didn't know Alan Sherman did because he seemed cool. So in Thunderball, because I remember he goes, he orders Beluga, Caviar, and Dom Perignon 55 for him and Domino at the casino, uh, which is odd because he says he prefers the 53. I don't know why he would order the 55. Maybe they didn't have it available. And you only live twice. He orders the Don Perignon 59. And he's like, uh, well, if you insist. Um, uh, I don't care about Her Majesty's Secret Service, except, uh, see, this douchebag, he orders a 57. Don Perignon, what an asshole. Uh-huh. But Live and Let Die, he shares uh, with that black girl, Rosie. They share Don Perignon. And at the picnic... Um, and he orders a Bollinger somewhere. Anyway, here's the one. Yeah. So the man with the golden gun, when Knickknack offers Bond a bottle of Don Perignon 64, he says he prefers the 62. Uh-huh. So they always do this gag. Right, right. Where he goes, which I'm going to try and start doing. Okay. If you had Don Perignon 17, you know, I'd be like, well, I prefer the 13 myself. <laughs> uh, and then the spy who loved me, I remember, because it's at the very end, either in the um, uh, in Stromberg, they're in his uh, getaway thing at the very very end his okay. uh, escape hatch you yeah. know thing and he goes well uh, Don Pern he says any man who drinks Don Pern on 52 can't be all that bad so he's all over the place in the 50s but apparently in the 50s they made the best Don Pern that, that there is um, can I ask you did you compile this list yourself or did, where, where did this yeah list I compiled the list myself you really? have a problem with that no it's impressive did you really then they stopped uh, really doing that gag I guess you know with the Daniel Craig and stuff but I still think he should do more stuff where he doesn't get laid and he just goes to the hotel room and be like, 
oh god, that Spectre's an asshole or whatever, like whatever, whatever he's saying. Right. God, that Quantum of Solace is such a jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's an organization, but I'm just saying. Right. God, I hate Blofeld. I'm still. So you really you you watched every movie and went through found all the scenes. Yeah. That's impressive. This is after you got back from that bad lunch with your friend. Oh, I, I did this uh, <laughs> weeks ago. I, uh, <laughs> I've been waiting to use the foo yuck uh, line for a long time. Let's look at it again, shall we? Funny every time for me. Yuck. Um, lately, I've been playing this uh, one thing uh, to show how old we are. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, but I was just <laughs> saying. Um, now, this was before I was born, too. This movie came out, but I think it was maybe it was the year I was born. I don't know. But it's like, you know, that they have James Bond movies now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still completely relevant. Right. Uh, rep- relevant. Relevant. Yes. And... But the first one, it's so funny. It's from so long ago. This is the end credits. I've been playing it like every week. Um, it's just so funny because the music is just so old. Like it sounds out of whack and it's just... Uh... That first part, it just sounds right. like something your parents would listen yeah, to. Yeah, Lawrence like, Welker, whatever. Right, right. It's so um, weird. That's that, Dr. That is, no? That's Dr. No. That's the ending of Dr. No. That's crazy. Underneath the mango tree. That's, that's Underneath cool. the mango tree. I think I can sing better as uh, Sean Connery <laughs> then. Oh, God. See, I can't, I can't search for anything. And now I want to play that clip from um, The Trip. Where those two guys are doing the James Bond, oh. comes to Bond. They have a new one, right? Yeah, and they have they do it again with the the dueling Roger Moore's come comes to Bond. You saw it. You saw the. I didn't see the whole uh, thing. I just see that clip. Come comes to Bond. Damn it! I can't think of the line. Come comes to Bond. Surely you must. We are two of a kind. Damn it! I can't get it right. Oh, anyway, now I can't play the clip. I can't search for anything. I'm not getting this virtual DJ anymore. It I didn't stinks. know that was part of it. It is part of it. Uh, yeah, makes sense. I guess. Um, it's okay. We're still having a good time, right? I think so. Here's the other last clip I want to play. I think you like this. Now, as you know, Memo, I always play um, this guy from The Blind Side. Mike, do you love barbecue? I'll tell you what, Mike. You can go to a gas station and get the best barbecue you ever got in your life. It's a wonderful place to live. Fried catfish, all the good food that we love to eat, and it's not good for us as football players. You're going to have it there, Mike. I promise you. I always play that clip because that guy's so funny because I always imitate it. I always think it sounds different. Like, Mike, you can go gas station and get the best barbecue you ever had. Trust me. You go, Mike, listen. It just sounds like that is delicious the way he says it because he's got all this like excitement about it. Right. But it's like the way, this is the way I pictured it. Before I had the clip, I was like, Mike, you can go gas station and get the best barbecue you ever had. <laughs> anyway, so I love that, right? So it's like, um, Mike. You love barbecue. I'll tell you what, Mike. You can go to a gas. So anyway, right? So um, last Saturday, um, I had no idea that guy is a real coach, and he's the real coach of LSU. So I taped um, him talking. One in performers, who I'll coach and I'll play tonight. That's the bottom <laughs> line. And uh, we got to keep this team together. Uh, they're hurting in there. 
Isn't Wait, that that's a real. That's the real guy. Sounds that's like a guy. movie. I know it sounds like a movie. That guy's amazing. <laughs> he's like he's the coach of LSU. <laughs> wow. Right, right. Go, go, keep going. Morning performers. Who out coach that I played tonight? But we had the best barbecue you could ever have. <laughs> See, wow. Get, uh, yeah. They, 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 I, I was reading about it. They cast him. I don't know what his name is. I um, forgot, but they cast him in the Blind Side. Uh-huh. He was the coach of. I think Michael Orr went to Mississippi. Okay. And um, I think I got that right. Could be Missouri. I don't know. I mix them up, mix them up all the time. Uh, and he was fired. And the uh, producers asked him if he would play the coach of the school he got fired from again, if you don't mind, <laughs> in the movie. And they really liked his, um, you know, his delivery because uh-huh. it is great. Right. He's really good at it. That's why I thought he was an actor. Yeah. I didn't know he was a real coach. I know they had the real coach because I know Nick Saban was in it and a couple of other people and um, Lou Holtz. Was in it, so I knew they were all in it. So I, I just didn't know he was the real deal. That's impressive. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But yeah, it, does, it sounds like a movie, right? That's the bottom line. Uh, I've got to keep this team together. Uh, they're hurting in there. Sounds uh, like I'm watching Sling Blade or something. I, I was just going to say, I think the next word out of his mouth is the N word. I'm pretty <laughs> sure when you talk like that, that's the way it usually ends. But um, yeah, I think um, well, I think that's that might be it for today. What do you think? I, I can't see the agenda. No. I was thinking maybe we should um, leave with this one. I love this song. They mentioned <laughs> cocaine. What's up? <laughs> Yo, woo! Penny rules! <laughs> so, the story is this. Next week, next week, I like when I, I like when the song the verse. Right. I like doo 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 doo. Are you giving me the finger? Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> Hot? No, itchy eye. Oh. Maybe I have pink eye. Yeah, you probably have AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> this is that Elvis Costello Tom Petty yes, cover. Right. Right? <laughs> Wrap your tentacles around me, octopussy. <laughs> That's Elvis Costello doing the theme to Octopus. Right. I you know. agree. So old, classic, old Dave Juskow classic. <laughs> yeah, it is a good one. So next week, we're going to play the um, another L.A. Uh, episode, the one with Rachel Butera, Butera uh, who was lovely and a, and a wonderful guest. Uh, like I said, I pretty much never let her talk anyway. And she does amazing imitations. And she's a big Howard Stern favorite. Did you let her do imitations? I let her do a couple. <laughs> I didn't want to bother. I don't know why. But it's still another excellent episode, I think, uh, with my friend William in it and from L.A., from the Exalt Studios. So I think you will like it. Because I, I got to say, I think the other one, uh, went, they all went really well out there. It was very relaxing, you know. Again, you know, I apologize for the clips and sounds and stuff like that. Right. But anyway, I think it's a good episode. Rachel Patera, that's coming up next week. And um, I will be now on October 17th, Tuesday, October 17th will be tomorrow when this comes out, uh, doing Tom Papa's, not Tom Petty's, Tom <laughs> Papa's, uh, you know, live radio show, Come to Papa at the Comedy Cellar. Um, I'm actually being the announcer this time. Oh. It's a much bigger role for Dave Duskow, <laughs> yes. I guess uh, Rick Crome couldn't make it or something, so it was very kind that he asked me. This That's could f- be a regular gig. Well, I, I, I assume Rick is still very much involved, but um, okay. I love when he asks me to do it, and I'm always available because Tom Papa is great, and his show is awesome, and that's what I based all of my, you know, Grease and Godfather. It's man. all based on that. Yeah. So, uh, that's uh, the 17th. Uh, you know, I will be seeing uh, Andrea McCardle 
the next time you hear from me, uh, me and my sister <laughs> are going to see Annie, the original <laughs> Annie. <laughs> What's she doing? Uh, just a cabaret show. Oh, we can't even wait. This is this Thursday. We're gonna we're taking yeah. this on Tuesday. Sounds it's good. Comes out on Monday. So uh, that's good too. Also, we'll be going out for Artie's fiftieth birthday. Wow! Um, tomorrow, as we tape this, very nice. So I will uh, tell you how that goes. It's me, Atel, and Russ as usual. But also this time because it's his fiftieth, his mother and his sister oh. and um, other people. Memo, thank you so much. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>